Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We all get it. The Governor-General represents the head of state, the monarch. And so when the Governor-General leaves office, a generous pension follows. But the circumstances under which Julie Payette left office sours the feel of this $150,000 a year pension. Does it not for you? It certainly did for a majority of Canadians. And a poll was conducted on this very issue for Global News by Ipsos Public Affairs. And Daryl Bricker is the president and CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. He joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Of course, Daryl's book is next, and I keep insisting this is a book everybody in this country should have and reference because it's telling you what's coming next. Daryl, thank you for the time. And, and there was a huge number of Canadians who had very strong views about the pension and about the allowance uh, for the outgoing or the recently departed Governor General. Talk to us about that, please. Yeah, 80% of the people we interviewed said that she shouldn't be entitled to it, uh, the uh, the pension. 72% said she shouldn't be entitled to the expenses. And it's interesting when you take a look at the data, it suggests two things. One of them is obviously somebody who is leaving under this cloud of controversy has, uh, uh, as far as Canadians are concerned, not earned uh, what she's being offered here. But the other part is when you take a look at who really is objecting to this, it's older Canadians. And I expect some of it is just the, sh- the sticker shock and, and comparison uh, of that pension to the pension that they're trying to live on at the moment. Well, yeah, and uh, Daryl, I knew it was going to be a good pension, but 150000 plus an annual $200,000 of uh, expense allowance, that took me by surprise. And given the, given the circumstances, I would have said to you exactly the same thing that 80% of Canadians said, and it's very difficult, as you point out, and is pointed out in the Global News story, it's hard to get 80% of Canadians to agree that today is Saturday. Or, you know, with the color of the sky or anything of that nature. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty universal in terms of its rejection. Uh, you know, it's, it, it does point out, though, that there's kind of one way of looking at the world in Ottawa, and then there's the world, and uh, particularly the, the rest of Canada. And in this particular instance, it's the combination of the circumstances of what went on, and I, and I also expect what people see as an unbelievable amount of money going to a person for, you know, three years of service. Yeah. We, we had a bit of a taste of this, and I just want to segue to the royal family for a moment here, because that was part of what uh, the story shows and your, and your polling shows. But there was a, a bit of a precursor of how Canadians might feel about the royal family, given the, the right uh, indicator or, or the right uh, uh, story developing around it, this being uh, Julie Payette. And what I'm referencing is was when Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were in uh, British Columbia on Vancouver Island, and there was talk about Canadians footing the security bill and otherwise taking care of their expenses. And the majority of people said, no, thank you very much. Not our responsibility. So that, and then when you take the Governor General, there was a negative reflection on uh, on the royalty and the the royal family being head of state of this country, right? Yeah, 60% of the people we interviewed, and that's up seven points in a year, said that we should be reconsidering our uh, relationship with the monarchy when this particular monarch's reign ends. And, uh, you know, this is a number that's grown a little bit over time, but, you know, depending on what's going on in the news, it at bet, the best of times, it's 50-50. Uh, and 
obviously stronger support outside of the province of Quebec, but in the province of Quebec, uh, people just really don't have much time for the royal family. So, uh, yeah, it, that institution of government, just from a, the perspective of whether or not it makes sense going forward, uh, the public has difficulty. But the interesting thing is, when you substitute something like a republic, uh, equally divided. So we're not really sure how to get past the situation. So even if we uh, we have our issues, uh, nobody really has another solution. Mm. Uh, looking at the more information from the story, the perks and lifelong benefits afforded former governor generals have come under scrutiny. So it's not just Julie Payette. This is the general sense of what are we paying these people when they leave? Yeah, it's 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 kind of Ottawa versus how the rest of the country feels, and it, and it, it's not. I wouldn't say it's just uh, you know uh, the the. Uh, um, the, the governor general. It's it's what people regard as uh, acceptable pensions and lifetime benefits in Ottawa for people of public servants of of any stripe, and then what the rest of the country actually gets when it retires. When people spend some time actually looking at what's going on, the reaction they get they they generally have is the one that we're seeing right now. Yeah, if I can go back, just uh, maybe I don't think it was more than a year ago. Might have been. It was during the first wave of COVID and Canadians, another poll that you did at Ipsos, if I remember the number correctly, I think it was 69% of Canadians said they wanted members of parliament to take a voluntary pay cut in order to reflect the realities that the rest of Canadians were experiencing. And while some of them have decided to donate their mandatory increases to charitable organizations, none of them have listened to Canadians and taking a pay cut. And that's what Canadians wanted, right? Right, and, and, and all true. And, and really what uh, the, the, uh, the epidemic or the pandemic is pointing out is that there are people who haven't really been affected by this, who are working at home in Ottawa, you know, they're federal public servants. Uh, you know, they're buying them new chairs to work from home, and, uh, you know, their pensions haven't been affected, their salaries haven't been affected. In fact, the, the, the size of the federal public service has actually increased during the course of this pandemic. And then there's people who are uh, on the other side of this who are having a very, very hard time meeting their bills and are very pessimistic about their ability uh, to continue on, say, for example, small business operators. So this division between people who are taken care of and then people who are left for, to fend for themselves is, uh, is creating a new cleavage in Canadian society. Mm -hmm. What uh, is there any triptych here? Is there anything that, that indicates... And I know we talked about um, the level of support for the royal family in Canada, and it's it's at a certain percentage, down seven percent, I think you said since a, a year ago. But there's also no great appetite for it to be a republic. Uh, is there any idea? Do, do we know what Canadians prefer, or is this a debate that we have to have? Well, it's one of those things that uh, um, you know comes up when you have events like we've gone over, gone through with the, the, the current governor general, or the I guess most recently departed governor general, and then it dies back down. But the interesting thing for me, I was thinking about this this morning, this also reflects, you know, that's that ongoing historical cleavage in Canadian society on national unity between what Quebec thinks and what the rest of the country thinks. And if you remove Quebec from this debate, actually support for the monarchy and 
those old institutions goes up a bit. So, uh, you know, debating this, saying we want to make a constitutional change because our mon- uh, monarchical relationship, our relationship to the, the head of state being uh, um, uh, the, the, the queen, um, to change that is a constitutional amendment. And uh, uh, the minute that you get into that, it opens up a whole series, series of other <laughs> issues that are completely uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. you lived through them and, and I lived through them back in the, yeah. in the late 1980s and, and the, uh, up to the mid-1990s. You know where this all goes. And I don't oh, yeah. think Canadians have much of an appetite for that. No, I don't think so. But it's, uh, it's fascinating polling. And I think for, for as you said, for most Canadians, it might have been a really a sense of, a case of sticker shock when they realized what the pension is for a governor general who was on the job for three years. Yeah, and, and this is what I mean. Where in you know, Ottawa, they'll say, well, these are the rules. And the rest of the country will say, well, then change the rules. They change the rules. <laughs> it's it's not hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and and, uh, but this is this is an ongoing thing that we experience in between the people who govern and the people who are governed, and and uh, it, it, those cleavages are getting bigger and bigger all the time. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.